An extended version of this interview can be heard on my Patreon page at patreon.com slash zestful aging. The Patreon version includes sensitive material, so discretion is encouraged. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I talk with fascinating and inspiring guests who are living their lives with vibrance and purpose. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist, author, and fellow Zestful Ager. And if you like the podcast, you'll love my companion online course, Zestful Aging, Simple and Sustainable Habits for Health and Longevity, and it comes with a 30-page companion manual. It's a blueprint for aging well, because what good is living longer if we're not also healthy and happy? Find out more at NicoleChristina.com. Well, I've got my little Jack Russell Terrier Sparky right beside me, and I've got a cup of coffee in my hand, so let's begin. Tula Gaunka is a filmmaker, author, human rights activist, and professor of television, radio, and film in the Cy Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University. As an editor, she's worked with filmmakers such as Spike Lee, James Ivory, and Mira Nair. Her own documentaries include Dancing on Mother Earth, the award-winning PBS feature about singer-songwriter Joanne Shenandoah. She's the founder and co-director of the annual Syracuse University Human Rights Film Festival. And born and raised in India, Goenka remains very involved in the South Asian community in the U.S. and has served on the boards of several international human rights organizations. She is a breast cancer survivor and the project director of the Look Now Project. Thank you so much for being here today, Tula. Thank you for having me, Nicole. You have you have so many interesting projects uh, that you've worked on, and of course, I'd like to hear about each and every one. But the one that I thought we'd start with is the Look Now project. Can you talk a little bit about how that came about? Yeah, so um, I was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer in two thousand and six, and went through treatment. Um, I had two lumpectomies, then I had chemotherapy, then I had a double mastectomy and reconstruction. Um, So it was a long drawn out process. And throughout it all, um, like most, you know, I would say nearly everybody who faces it, you start questioning um, who you are as a woman, as a person, Uh, you know, your breasts have been removed. And, you know, the, the PTSD that you suffer from that process. So um, I, I had sort of, you know, I was I was in that journey and it was uh, 2009. Um, I walked into the Newhouse School where I teach and in the lobby, there was a large poster announcing that 
uh, Christy Hefner, the publisher of Playboy, was coming to talk. Um, and that really got me thinking about, um, uh, once again, about what do breasts really mean um, mm. in society, how society has really sexualized them. You know, their main purpose is to feed children, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but um, th- they are really what society considers uh, being feminine is about and um, and then, you know, I started thinking whether Playboy would ever put someone who has had uh, silicone implants because of breast, ca- breast cancer surgery in uh, their centerfold. Um, as you know, Nicole, most, pe- most women who are on the centerfold have silicone implants, but they're for, they're for a different reason. Um, so, you know, all that combined was really the impetus for... Um, creating the project Look Now Facing Breast Cancer. And I'm wondering, too, if this coincided uh, with you being perhaps middle age um, and and those questions starting for many women to come up like, you know, my body's changing. I've had children. The whole question of am I a sexual being? Um, am I looked at the same way? Was there some overlap with also being a middle-aged woman, I'm wondering? Um, Yes, definitely. Um, I was diagnosed uh, with breast cancer when I was relatively young. Um, uh, I was 44 years old. It was caught in a, you know, mammogram that I was having every two years. Um, The the scary thing is that now uh, younger and younger women are getting diagnosed with it, you know, in their 30s. Um, and they don't, and uh, insurance companies will not let them have a mammogram because they're considered too young. But that's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it's true. Um, I was thinking about all that. What also uh, happened with me, um, I was, uh, you know, I had been married for uh, nearly 20 years and, and in a relationship for 22 years uh, with my husband. Uh, but going through breast cancer really changed a lot of things for us. And we ended up getting separated and then divorced um, a year later. Mm. Um, it's been so I've been actually single for um more than 10 years now and no one has seen my breasts um no man has seen my breasts apart from my apart from my doctors i should say um so so one of the questions i do ask uh, women who have participated in the project um is is uh, you know about feeling sexy and um you know their sexuality etc yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I, as as you know, I was at your opening, and I, I was really struck by the absolute vulnerability of having a professional photographer take a photo in in absolute detail. There was nothing shrouded or veil. There is not fuzzy. It was just a straight on shot of your participants' altered breasts, including your own. Can you talk a little bit about how your participants felt about that? Um, 
I had done a prototype of the project in 2010. So there was a me and a two other women um, who had participated in it with me. So I actually had something that I could show the participants um, when we redid it this summer. So everyone who participated in it knew exactly what they were getting into. Um, I felt very strongly uh, that the photographs of the bare chest should not be um, shrouded in any way. The, the project is called Look Now Facing mm -hmm. Breast Cancer. And, and you know, I chose that title uh, many, many years ago for that reason, that we have to look at each other. And, um, and um, you know, there's no shame in it. And so, like, when you come to the gallery, there are actually mirrors everywhere so that uh, visitors to the gallery not only look at the people on the walls, but they can look at themselves. Um, so it, it was very thought out. Mm-hmm. And you, of course, you know, ha have been out in the world doing many projects. Uh, you have students and other faculty in this program, and now they have seen, you know, uh, your naked breasts. And I wonder what that's like. Um, so to be honest, Nicole, I never wanted to do a nude photo show. Um, so uh, I feel that having the portrait with the clothes on, which is your public persona, juxtaposed with your private battle scars, a close-up of your bare chest, somehow um, it's not the same as having a nude photograph of my upper body. Um, I, I don't know how to explain it to you. Um, you know, I'm a professor, as you said. I stand in front of my students day in and day out. And so I really felt very strongly that it should not be a, a upper chest nude photo um, with my face attached to it. I uh, see. I so, see. That's the difference, that it's just the breasts and where your face is on a portrait that just so our listeners can understand it's a beautiful portrait right uh and it's next to the photograph of just your torso right right and so um actually i had done a photo shoot in february um with cindy bell the photographer and uh, we had done you know a portrait of me with my clothes on and then a portrait of me without my clothes upper upper body Yes. Um, and um, and, you know, seeing them next to each other, the, the the photo with the clothes on became really redundant. And um, so, you know, we had a lot of back and forth about it. I, I spoke to uh, many of the people who had agreed to participate about how they felt about it. And everyone was very clear they did not want um, a photo of their bare chest, you know, with their bare, with their face out and about. The, 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 the photographs are now... Um, everywhere right and they're on facebook for instance and it's amazing to me uh, in a really good way that facebook is not taking them down mm -hmm. um and they're they're there and people can and everybody's up on the wall i had everybody sign a release um saying that they were okay with having these uh, um photos uh online or um 
uh, or in any other medium. Shared, yeah. So um, now I, I do have to say, so we have 25 participants who've done the portrait and the bare chest photos. Um, two of those are men. And but we also have um, 19 people, all women, who uh, decided that they did not want their portrait to be taken. They did not want to go fully public, but they did let us uh, photograph their bare chest anonymously. Mm-hmm. So when when you go into the gallery, there is you know what we call the anonymous wall with with photographs of uh, bare chests without any names attached to it. And I also saw that there was a um, memorial area of a woman who died during your project. Yeah, so we found out um, while we were doing the project that one of our participants in the anonymous wall um, had um, a recurrence. She was actually in her late 30s, so she was not that old. Um, And she had a sudden recurrence and passed away a few weeks later. Um, and just, you know, the, the show was actually in the process of being installed when her mother called me and she'd found my number in her, uh, emails and she called me and, you know, we spoke for a long time. And so, um, the parents really wanted to acknowledge that, that, uh, that their da- daughter had participated in the project. Uh, they felt very strongly that she should be named. Um, so that is why we ended up dedicating the anonymous wall to her. And if you saw that, um, you know, when you come into the gallery, her um, her memorial card is, you know, um, the parents have uh, pasted it on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and the parents felt that, you know, they're the next of kin and they knew... Um, that their daughter would want to be named in it. Mm-hmm. What are you hoping people take away from this exhibit? Um, many different things. Mm. One, one, I really want people to go and see it. Um, uh, I think the biggest message that uh, that I have or the participants really have is that. Um, there's so much push for diagnosis, um, the, uh, but once um, and you know once you diagnose with breast cancer, you sort of get lost in the system, and um, and there's not really an opportunity to talk about yourself or your body or your experiences as a survivor. Um, now I I do know that the word survivor is sort of problematic. I've I. I have concerns about using it for myself, for instance. So, you know, the, 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 the pressure is really on for diagnosis, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Especially especially in October for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but when um, after you're diagnosed, you sort of get lost in the system and people don't have your information because they're uh, rightly so. There are a lot of HIPAA laws and privacy laws, etc. Mm-hmm. And, um, and me and, you know, every other participant in the project really wanted to participate, to be there for people, for each other, but also for people who may be diagnosed in the future. Um, I so know there's that, a supportive aspect. 
Yes, yes. So the supportive aspect and the empowerment is a really big part of the project. So if you remember, Nicole, I don't know what time you came into the gallery, but when we were doing the gallery talk, um, you know, I spoke and then Cindy spoke, but then most of our participants who were there also got to share their stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I really believe the project is about each and every person in the show. Um, and it's not like a vanity project for me, for instance. Mm-hmm. What was the energy like at the photo shoots? Can you describe that a little bit? Um, it was wonderful. We really tried to um, create a very safe and loving space um, for each person who came in. Um, Cindy Bell, our photographer, had suggested to me very early on that we get somebody, um, a hair and makeup person. Mm -hmm. And my first reaction was, no, we don't do that in documentary slash journalism. Um, (laughs) But I think she was absolutely right because those studio lights are very harsh. And... um, But in that process of having people come in and we had them bring, you know, different outfits so we could, um, Cindy could choose what she, what she thought would look best on camera. And um, the time spent with the hair and makeup people, um, Claire Lopez and uh, Megan Reed, who did a wonderful job, um, we sort of, you know, we made them comfortable. Um, I also did a, 30 minute uh, interview with each person uh, and which we will, uh, you know, edit and put up on our website later on as oral histories. So I think people really felt very comfortable by the time they went and got photographed and then had the bare chest photo taken. So every person in that process had been a survivor had had breast cancer, the photographer, you, the director, and the participants. Yes, we're all survivors, yes. And, and, and did you feel a certain bond, a certain connection because of that? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I think having um, all of us... Uh, <sighs> Um, yeah, definitely. As as you know, a breast cancer diagnosis is like a uh, you know you're just like dumped into this new world, right? You suddenly have have to learn all these terms. You have to figure out what kind of surgery you want and what kind of treatment and who mm-hmm. the oncologist is and the surgeon and the plastic surgeon. What kind of reconstruction, um, etc. So um, having been through that, I think it really made people much more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that so uh, what happened was that when I was uh, diagnosed with cancer in 2006, um, there were not there was not so much um, online support and um, uh, etc. at that time. In fact, Syracuse didn't really have any support groups. Uh, I, I remember calling the American Cancer Society and they only had a support group that met in the fall. I was diagnosed mm. in the spring. Um, mm-hmm. So I had to create my own uh, support group uh, with that. Um, so it was very important for me to sort of 
create a place where people can share their stories and uh, provide support for each other, but more for people in the future. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah, I, I'm sure you know there's a lot of controversy about the Coleman Foundation. There's a lot of politics around why are people getting breast cancer? It's almost a rite of passage. Um, and there's so many women being diagnosed, many of which have no risk factors that, you know, they don't, you know, smoke, they eat well, they do all the the healthful um, habits. Do you, are you interested or is that part of this journey for you, sort of the, the political aspect, you know, what's happening environmentally, what's happening with corporations, or is that not in the purview of, of what you're trying to accomplish here? Yeah, it definitely is um, very much um, in in my plan. So uh, the photo exhibition that's um, on right now at Point of Contact Gallery is only one part of it. Um, I'm working on many other different elements. And so we will um, pursue those in different media. Um, I'm very much a human rights activist. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of my goals in doing this project is very much to talk about um, who gets diagnosed with cancer, um, um, what what access to treatment they have, um, and what does that done to uh, what does that do to their prognosis? Um, I'm keeping it very local to Central New York, um, and we will talk about all those things that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Some of those are difficult, though they're much deeper, right? Societal issues um, than just even banding together and supporting one another, but maybe even looking further upstream, how does how does this become an international problem and why is it happening with such regularity? Right. I mean, definitely. Um, and, um, you know, I mean, that is the question, right? Whether uh, there is more breast cancer around or whether there is better diagnosis so more people are having it right and uh, and there is no easy answer to it um i do want to say that um when i was going through cancer um as i said i didn't have a lot of people i could connect with because of the times we were living in um i had a friend of a friend walk into my hospital room just after i'd had my double mastectomy and you know she lifted up her shirt and said look at me and you know mm. feel me and i was just completely um under <laughs> a sedation but i understood what she was doing for me and um and her kindness really shifted a lot of things for me and so that's linda friedman who actually participated with me in uh, 2010 and then once again um right now in 2018 mm-hmm. so when i find out that any you know like if a friend has um been diagnosed um i will always um you know provide support but one of the things i regularly do is say do you want to feel me or touch me or look at me oh, my uh, so um and i know that uh, many of the participants in the project to do the same thing uh-huh. uh, because um, that is the one thing that is such a mystery 
um, is should you have reconstruction? What kind of reconstruction? Um, why, why, why reconstruction? Because I do feel that society is so focused on breasts that um, that people are not really given a choice to go flat, right? Um, and that we're sort of pushed into um, having fake breasts. Now, I'm happy with my fake breasts. I, uh, I'm, I very consciously decided to get them. Um, my implants leaked nine years later, and in 2015, I had, I had them replaced. Um, and, but now, if, if something happens to the set I have now, I'm, I'm not going through that again. Mm, um, it's so interesting. I, I don't know if you recall this, but you actually get a little warranty, right? Am I remembering that correctly, or that I, might I, have been for the port? <laughs> uh, I think I think you get uh, I think you get um, a warranty for <laughs> for 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 both. And actually, yeah. um, if they leak and the uh, surgeon has to uh, replace them, it's all free. You don't have to pay for anything. Mm, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Do you have any thoughts, and I don't know if you're comfortable talking about it uh, publicly, but the whole pink ribbon campaign, what, what are your thoughts about that? Oh, I hate it. I, I've, <laughs> I've, um, I, I have always, I've always hated it. And, you know, to be honest, I think it's getting better now. I remember when I was um, in the late 2000s, um, recently having gone through breast cancer and walking into Wegmans and everything was pink from mm. Campbell's soup to pretzels to everything. Um, but I think things are better now and it's not so much in your face. Um, I, 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 Can you talk a little bit? It's Sometimes it's hard to explain, I think, to the general public why the pink campaign um, can be offensive. Are, can you put some words to it? How, how is it for you? Um, I just felt it was trivializing my experience mm-hmm. and that I should not be reduced to one month or to a color or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, and, and, and it's sort of um, brought back the trauma of treatment when, you know, when I would go through, when I would go through weapons in mm. October. Um, uh, but, you know, when I was um, working on this project and uh, working with my graphic designer um, to come up with the logo, we talked a lot about the color and what color to use. And we did use pink, uh, but I would say we tried to really use a very vibrant pink because you got to reclaim it. Um, I could not use, let's say, blue for a project on breast cancer because it, it's become such a shorthand and that's what uh, people look for and that's what people recognize. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, just... You had to uh, work with it. I had to work with it. And, mm-hmm. you know, like when you... Um, if you look at our um, catalog that we've uh, done for the show, uh, when you open up the centerfold, it's um, 44 bare chests in there. Um, so we've reclaimed the centerfold. Mm. And, oh, how uh, interesting. Yeah. So, you know, you you got to fight back. Mm-hmm. I love that. Reclaim the centerfold. That sounds like a great title. 
<laughs> um, is this a project that's been particularly meaningful for you? I mean, you've done so much great work um, with human rights. Is this one that feels different to you? Um, yeah, this project is different because it's very personal, um, you know, and I'm using my body um, physically um, and metaphorically to to bring awareness uh, about a topic, to give voice to others um, and to, you know, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are there any... Uh thoughts or words you'd like to leave our listeners with? The Look Now project is really about empowerment, about inspiration, about support uh, for survivors, for people being um, diagnosed in the future or going through treatment right now. Um, But the truth of the matter is that um, breast cancer is a you know is a fatal disease um uh, many of us survive but many of us don't and um i do want to honor everyone um, who may have passed away from it or may have stage four cancer right now and um the society needs to find a cure for it and um awareness and treatment are great but we need to figure out how to stop it Mm-hmm. Mm. And where can people find more information about you and your project? Um, so the project, uh, we have a website. It's mm-hmm. called looknowproject.org that uh, you can um, access. Uh, we're also on Facebook um, as Look Now Project. Okay. And, um, and also on Instagram as Look Now Project. Okay. Um, people can just Google my name and my um, um, my Syracuse University profile should show up. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm 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 working on a website for myself, but it hasn't uh, ha- <laughs> it hasn't happened. I yet. would hope that you'd have a lot of people around you that could help you with that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Everybody's busy with their own things. I, 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 I mean, uh, this project has taken a long time. Um, I'm eternally gl- grateful um, to the Newhouse School. Um, I have a Newhouse Endowed Chair um, that has given me uh, a reduced teaching load and funds for the project. Mm-hmm. And that's how it was, you know, possible for me to do it. I- I'm a professor. My My first primary job is to teach students Mm -hmm. and uh, this is part of my research. Have you had students come up to you and and talk to you about this project? Um, Not, uh, I mean over the years students have known that I have, um, I had breast cancer or you know I'm a breast cancer survivor so people do come and talk to me regularly about um, their mother or their grandmother, mm-hmm. you know, going through treatment or uh, things like that. The show just opened on Thursday. Um, so I'm really hoping that people will go to the gallery. Um, it's on till October 31st. Uh, the gallery is uh, in Syracuse at 350 West Fayette Street. It's open from 12 to 5 p.m. Mm -hmm. Monday through Saturday. You can just walk in. You don't need to make a reservation. It's free. 
please go, please go and help spread the word. That sounds wonderful. Thank you so much for doing this work. It is so important just to open it up to to talk about because it is a private journey and and it can be so full of shame and fear and uncertainty and just to just to provide um, a space to talk about people's fears. Maybe they haven't even experienced this, but just we know it's out there and this is what it looks like. And here's a space to talk about it. I think it's just so valuable. Yes. Thank you. Uh, it, it is an intense show for um, 100%. And that's exactly what it is. Like when you walk by somebody, you don't know what they've gone through mm-hmm. and what their journey has been. And, you know, I really wanted to put a face on it. Now, what's so interesting is that uh, I was at the gallery on Saturday and I was counting the number of people who had had nipple tattoos. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, there was about nine out of the 25 who've had nipple tattoos. And I wish that I'd thought about including that um, in the description of their treatment. Uh, because when you look at them, it seems, wow, you know, so what if they have silicone implants or whatever else? Uh, it looks sort of normal, but mm-hmm. like Barbie a like, little bit. <laughs> right, right, mm-hmm. right. And some of them are very perky and uh, whatever else. But, you know, it's it's all it's all um, an illusion. Um, the other thing I would say, and this is probably beyond the scope of your, your work, but, you know, then there's lymphedema and then there's things that, you know, your lymph system doesn't quite work properly because things don't drain. So sometimes people get more puffy ankles, more fluid, you know, so there's law, you know, even though it was a very long time for me, I find that there's still physical uh repercussions to having you know a, a bilateral mastectomy um i 100% agree with you 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 never go go back to being normal in quotes mm-hmm. whatever whatever that is yeah mm-hmm. um and um in so in the photo exhibition we were not able to include everything but i'm hoping that you know on our website and in the oral histories uh, some of that will get covered. Thank you so much, Tula, and and good luck to to you with this project. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at nicolechristina.com. And please consider becoming a patron of the show. You will get access to exclusive bonuses and you will be part of the Zestful Aging community. Keep us going strong. Go to patreon.com slash Zestful Aging. See you next time for another episode of Zestful Aging.